1: When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing
0: for 60 months on a new Bryant system.
2: Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.
0: Big pick set out on top, but the ball is loose.
3: And oh, now they up. get it to see that it's going to be Louisville in front. Oh, I shook up the world. In BCS Bowl terms, you guys, shook up the world. Oh, I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold I'm it. Pretty. Hold it, you're not that pretty
1: I'm cool. a bad man. I'm I shook up the world. Slide. 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 First and third two. Out. The 2-2 from Eagy. Swing and a miss. Welcome to another edition of Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest running all L sports talk show right here on 93.9 The Ville. I'm Ethan Moore. He's Taylor Lynch. Zach can't trail behind the glass. Zach Zach. (laughs) attack! I will never not laugh at that. That is fantastic. (sighs) We're both here in studio together. I have not seen you in your lush thick beer thanks bro nice it's been a while yeah look at you i wish uh i wish my beer looked half as nice as yours yours is looking pretty good i got my first gray hair
2: oh dude i remember my first gray hair
1: do you really do you have gray hair
2: (laughs) so much really so much oh well more over the last three years i don't know if there's a connection there between enough. <laughs> you know, I mean yeah 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 yeah. You know.
1: You know what we do also you know. on LSL. We talk all things you have about football, basketball and recruiting. We're going to do that because the Portal King. bruh, Jeff Brom strikes again. Uh thanks Tennessee. Uh, A final miss. Ole miss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we'll take we'll take those guys. We'll solidify this defense. You know, and Jeff Brom. When you talk about Brom and the college football world, team money, you're talking about offense, lighting up the scoreboard, passing the ball. Yep. This portal season, it's that defense. They ain't playing. It's game time. So Tyler Barron, <clears throat> it was official about an hour ago. There was a lot of uh, buzz a couple hours before that, and he is now um, on the edge. He was at Tennessee. He was transferring to Ole Miss, and then before officially enrolling, I guess at Ole Miss, mm-hmm. he was like, "No, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go from Oxford to Louisville." And Taylor, this uh, this portal class, this defense, those guys returning, Ash Quincy, Quincy Riley, man, it is hard not to get excited about this Louisville defense.
2: Dude, absolutely. And, I mean, when you look at it just from a position standpoint, like what Louisville has done on the defensive side of the ball, the corners that they brought in, uh, you, you get Tayon Holloway from North Carolina to come in conference and transfer in. You bring in Thor Griffith on the defensive line. You bring in Jordan Garad on the defensive line, the kid out of FIU. And then you've got Tyler Barron at edge rusher now committing today it's just it's incredible uh just just what they've been able to do linebacker uh Durante Davis out of Texas A&M he comes in it's just been remarkable defensively they've really fortified uh some positions of need at corner at safety uh that have been huge and that was really an issue that we saw for Louisville in that game um against USC at the end of the season in the Holiday Bowl, uh, that was an issue for them. And now you've got that defensive line squared up with bringing in uh, Tyler uh, Barron today. And just imagine, Ethan, you're going to have a defensive line that's going to have Tyler Barron on one side, Ashton Gelati on the other side, and Thor Griffith somewhere in there.
1: That is a that's a, <laughs> that's a
2: strong sandwich. Like I don't know if you're going to be able to run the ball, and if you're able to drop back, your quarterback better get the ball out of his hands quick right? because either Barron or Gelati are coming for him. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be, as much as we talk about offense and and what Louisville wants to do offensively and how deadly Louisville can be offensively, and I think they will be, and I think they're going to be a lot better offensively this season uh, than they even were last season because I think you're going to see way more of the playbook opened up uh, this season in year two under this offense oh yeah but this defense is gonna have some fireworks of their own <laughs> what are you trying to no, do
1: get ready to just post something on social okay okay here. all right i wasn't trying to throw you off <laughs> like
2: i did i just like I'm just, how, how far back how far back are you gonna lead to try to take this picture you my know, boy I don't, I don't do it
1: all <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh man, um, you can zoom, you know that. It's alright. Can you? Yeah. I've heard you can. Yeah. <laughs> this
1: thing, does this thing make phone calls? <laughs> does this thing
4: supposedly? I can't find the Twitter icon anymore. Wait, what, what are these phone call things? Do <laughs> people still call? <laughs> Back in my day, we used to call people on the phone. Jeez. Uh,
2: so yeah, this defense is going to make some fireworks of their own this season. I am so excited uh, to watch them. And to see, really to see how these pieces all are going to fit together. Because on paper, it looks great. On paper, it's the number one transfer portal class in the country. But it's one thing to get these guys here. It's another thing to figure out how all of these pieces are going to fit together. And I think that last season, they did a really good job of that. I don't suspect it's going to be a problem this season. And I think that Jeff Brom and his staff, they put a product out there. <clears throat> on the offensive and defensive side of the ball that guys want to come play for. Yeah. Guys want to be a part of. And let's, you know, let's not get it twisted. NIL has a massive role in all of this and, and reasons why guys like Tyler Barron aren't going to Ole Miss and his two uh his two buddies, Tamerian McDonald and Wesley Walker, are also not going to Ole Miss and are instead going to <clears throat> to louisville and now not going to tennessee or Oman. it's it's confusing but uh but there's a reason why and and yes you know they get here on campus they meet brahm they meet the staff uh they hear you know what we wanted what we're trying to accomplish offensively and defensively and it's probably very enticing and very interesting and, and something that you want to be a part of but let's not forget nil has a Massive role in all of this, and shouts 502 Circle. It's
1: a 502 Circle holding it down, getting it done for show. And I want to know the backstory with how this specific deal got done because he was going to Ole Miss. I don't know when the ad drop date is. <laughs> you're up against it, yeah. But you know, shouts out to 502 Circle again. I mean, you know, listen, they got they have a very healthy nil program going with the louisville football program and it's paying dividends and when your new coach in year one wins 10 games and sets a very very solid foundation for the future then the sky's the limit and you're and you're showing this right now you are showing this um you know you have multiple four-star dudes out of the portal top 100 <coughs> portal guys in there and this is where i think louisville now has its niche recruiting like i'm not even looking at what louisville's rankings are for the high school class because number one it's smaller mm-hmm. it's much smaller than the historical classes so i think that what we got like 14 guys but now i'm paying attention to the portal class you talked about the positions of need last year was the offensive line that was glaring well you know what coach brahman company shored that up in a week well we needed some help in the secondary boom you got that we needed some we needed some help on the on the defensive line we got that we needed more beef up from the offensive line bam penny Boone, don chaney what's up with the running backs let's go (laughs) colin lacy Mm. brooks one time let them know so shouts out to the 502 circle shouts out to coach brahm and staff and man they they got it rolling, dude. They January, got it rolling.
2: January 21st is the last official day to cancel your registration and avoid responsibility at Ole Miss. Okay,
1: so five days. So, yeah. Or no, four, five or six. Uh, yeah, I would love to know, like, the backstory with that, man. Oh, yeah. The, but this is, again, this is why you brought Brahmin. in. This is why, you know, we took another step just in year one from the Satterfield era. I mean, you've already improved. You've gotten to the ACC championship game. You've won double digits. There's still a lot of room for improvement. Oh, yeah. You know, you you never want to end the year with three straight losses. But, man, um, sky's the limit. I'm excited. The schedule's tougher, but you have the talent now to combat that, especially on the defensive side of things. And again, Brahm's synonymous with offense, but now we've got this defense short up, ready to go I mean, and just think, I mean, T.J. Capers, five star, coming out of high school, red shirted, got that strength. He's going to be on. He's going to crack the two deep. Yep. And then you have all of the other guys that are returning. Ben Perry, thank you very much. Quinn, thank you very much. I mean, you have ballers that are going to be throughout Quincy Toronto. Riley. So, <clears throat> let's get it.
2: Let's there, get it. Is there any part of you? As much as we are celebrating this transfer portal class and what the the work of the five oh two circle and everything that's going on that is that is putting Louisville football on the map and that's making Louisville football relevant. Is there any part of you after what we saw happen this weekend with the NCAA in Florida State that makes you a little bit nervous? Like, there's part of me that's like, yeah, this is great. Let's keep it on the DL. Like, let's <laughs> like let's maybe not publicize Louisville's number one transfer portal class. Like, I don't need... The NCAA already knows us all too well here. Like, I don't need them sniffing around, looking for things. Mm-hmm. Because what happened to Florida State was just stupid. Yeah. The whole thing was stupid.
1: I mean, I think, honestly with Florida state situation, I wouldn't be surprised if you had a conference member tip them off. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. They didn't like how they carried themselves. They didn't like how they were like, ah, oh, well, the ACC is terrible. We went out You're like, okay, you know what? Well, you all did this. I'm going to let them know. You want to play games like that? That's, that is where I, I come on this. Mm-hmm. But like overall, I just, I don't have the space for it, man. You know what I mean? I haven't even thought about that until you asked me that question. It could, You know what I mean? NIL is its own animal. Mm-hmm. The NCAA does what the NCAA does. and
2: Which is what exactly? Yeah, what do they do? Be inept. Yeah. Be inept. For and sure. And so
1: they they had their opportunity to shore things up, to really streamline NIL. They didn't. No, they punted and, on it. Oh, Congress, help us out.
2: Yeah. And you know, Congress was like, I'm sorry, we have way more important things to deal with than your inability to regulate your sport.
4: Yeah. So they just decided that that Florida State was going to get punished for going, I don't know, 65 and a 65, basically. (laughs) So, you know, they can't do anything with NIL, but I guarantee somebody from the ACC tipped them off. And, look, I don't think there's anything to be concerned about. Everybody's doing something with NIL. It's just about who's stupid enough to publicize it and get caught doing the most mundane you-know-what. That's what it is.
1: Yeah, and then, like, uh, so the SEC's totally Squeaky clean. Yeah. And then – you know, to Blank's point that he's made uh, several times on, uh, with Deaner. you know, you're gonna you're gonna pick Miami's women's basketball program and Florida State's football program to like to come down on NIL stuff. Yeah. Okay, that doesn't make any sense at all. But whatever, H- have at it, NCAA. Um, but I, I just again, I don't understand why the power leagues are just like, all right, enough's enough. This is nonsense. We're gonna start our own. We're gonna start our own league. We're gonna govern ourselves. Step aside, if you want to be there and name only, cool. But like, we're not. We're not doing that. But what really happened to, with to Florida State? The coach got like a show cause. The
2: something. coach got a show cause. They got penalized, uh, like financially. They have to disassociate from their NIL collective for a year.
1: I mean, if and I'm, there was something else. If I'm
4: Florida State. I'm ignoring it. <laughs> like okay okay sure sure boy the world's really out to get florida state now aren't they they've got to feel like it is anyway darn
2: hate that yeah Yeah, hate to see how much do you think uh talking about these major conferences and and breaking away from the NCAA and kind of creating their own governing body how much do you think that was kind of dependent and hinging on this 12 team playoff great question i
1: I think that you could probably finally start to see some movement if you have more NIL decisions coming down from the NCAA like this. Mm-hmm. I could I could see, especially with the Big Two and the Power Four, you you're saying, "All right, this is this is nonsense."
2: Get out of our sport. Yeah. But
1: but the NCAA hasn't picked on those two. It's been two schools from the ACC, and I'm not going to say, "Oh, woe is me," the ACC, but they're getting picked on. But yeah, but until that happens, but to your point, sure. I mean, once. Once, though, you start seeing those financial windfalls from those 12 teams, and, you know, I think is certainly in a position to crack that top 12 at some point relatively soon in yep. <laughs> that season.
4: That should be the expectation. They, they should be able to at least be a contender next year with the schedule that they've got. If they go 11-1, and they're in. If they go 10-2, and they're going to be very much considered. When well, yep. you've got Notre Dame, you've got Clemson, you've got everything you want. I mean, he's gone out and handled the portal beautifully. They've got the depth now. Why shouldn't these? What do we always say? The standard is a standard. Now the standard isn't making the twelve team playoff, or hasn't always been about making the playoff. But are we going to get to a point where the standard is twelve? New team, Year six. New Year's six, bare minimum. You're
2: knocking on the door of the playoff. Yeah, like, you're
4: top fifteen.
2: You're in the I mix.
1: Think, I think
4: we're a ways from that though, man. I, I really do. Seeing, I mean, if you
1: look at little, you say
2: that, but when you get a taste of it,
1: when you get a little taste, when you get a little taste, taste of the
2: glory, but then it
4: then it becomes sure just the taste just the tip just the tip of the glory there it is there it is <laughs> 814
2: 816 sorry. 816 he's 816. gonna have to
4: mark himself wow
2: what a haymaker i wasn't ready for that one um, I, thought, I thought i lost
4: my no but very few people are ready for it <laughs> <laughs> i i think
1: i i was going i was going to make a pretty legitimate point but i totally forgot
4: Huh. That it's not the standard yet to be yeah, top right. twelve. But, <laughs> for, but
1: so, I, so for for Louisville football, I, I just go back from a historical perspective, and this applies to basketball. We'll get into that later. You know, how many times <sighs> does Louisville? We have fin- to. Yeah. <laughs>
2: no. Okay. Fine.
1: I'm sorry. I know you don't want to. That's fine. But like, how many times does Louisville football finish in the top fifteen? Top ten? No. 10? You're right. And you're so, absolutely right. And so, while I do think we're certainly moving in that direction. Let's get to a New Year 6, but what is a New Year 6 game now? Any anyway, What do they look like now? Yeah, now they're going to I think they're all playoff now games. Now they're playoff yeah. games.
2: So, so I was thinking about this the other night. Pop tarts? <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about that the other night like we always use that as a well, can they at least get to a New Year 6 game, but now the New Year 6 are playoff games. So then what is that next? What's that next tier? That, what's that next level it, of
1: I think the expectation should be you get to that I'm not going to call it elite tier, but the secondary tier outside of the playoff. Yeah, most years. So, but that would still you would still have to win there ten games, yeah. maybe nine at the least.
2: And that's why I think more often than not, if if Louisville and not just Louisville, but any ACC team, you know, Louisville or Miami or Clemson or Pittsburgh or any any of these teams in the league. If you win 10 games in this league, most seasons, you're going to be knocking on the door of the 12-team playoff. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think more often than not, we're going to be in a scenario where we're in November, and we're looking at this going, okay, what's Louisville need to do over the next three games? What has to happen in front of them? Can they win and they're in, or do they need something to happen? like? I think there's going to be more scenarios moving forward. We're going to have more seasons than not where that is where those are legitimate conversations that we're having late into November about where does this team stack up, and I think we're going to have to beat the team up the road though before this thing well, even come to fruition. I agree, and if I'm the team up the road, I don't know what my future looks like right now in but terms of a twelve in front. <laughs> I mean, in terms of a twelve team playoff. Because I've added Texas, I've added Oklahoma, divisions are gone, so I can't guarantee to beat up on Missouri and South Carolina every single season, but you didn't get to beat up on Missouri this year. But my point being, you know, and Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt yeah. like you don't, you don't get to bank on that anymore. So your path to the 12 team playoff, when this was first discussed, we thought this would be great for both schools. For them and for us, because it would mean more access. But now I think it's it's still great for us. I think it's even more difficult now for them oh, there's, because there's of what no you doubt. added to the conference.
1: But I mean, they're just traditionally, man. They're they're an eight and five, seven and six program mm-hmm. that we can't beat at this juncture, and that's the frustrating part yeah. from the Louisville side of things. They're you know they've certainly improved on an annual basis. There's no doubt about that. But, like, you're going to have to be able to be – if we're talking about – if we want to talk about uh, the new New Year's 6, whatever that is, the New mm-hmm. year 4, or fringe playoff, when we're talking about that, you have to talk about beating the rival or that's not going to happen anyways. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm with you. I certainly think that this, this coaching staff has the chops for it. They had us on the doorstep again. Um, certainly would have liked for us to, to have gotten to that Orange Bowl. But – They didn't, but still, I mean, again, I'm never going to complain about a 10-win season in the ACC. Never. No. That that foundation is solid for the future, and when you have, you know, a consensus top five class, I think 247 has them at number four, um, but uh, on three and rivals has Louisville number one. If you have a, a portal class that is that good with that much talent at those positions of need, I mean, the sky's the limit, dude. The sky is the limit, and I think Braum and staff, like they did in year one and year two in their off season, they're not only addressing the glaring needs, they're getting dudes and adding depth at the same time because mm-hmm. you didn't have that. You had the depth from the running back perspective. You didn't from wide receivers. You have depth now in the secondary. We didn't last year. We have depth now in the on the offensive and defensive lines. You can make the argument we had some depth on the offensive line, not necessarily the defensive line, but you have that now too with the linebacking core. I mean, there's talent everywhere. Where don't they have depth? That's a great question. Yeah, that's the thing
4: we talked about last week is just the need to accumulate depth. I mean, the starting 22 is good enough to compete with anybody in the ACC, but you've got to have the second-string guys, the third-string guys that are ready to play when people get hurt, and I think they have that now. And I don't know if – I don't want to overreact too much, but – the fact that they are still doing this even though they ended the year on a three-game losing streak that doesn't seem to have halted the momentum in no, any way. Not at all. And I thought that was out there, but that hasn't happened and that's full credit to Jeff Brown.
2: Well, and it's such a cliche, but I think that it's it's true now in college football where you've got to get old and stay old. And the teams that are doing that, the teams that are getting old and staying old are the teams that are having success in the postseason, that are that are the Michigan's of the world that are going and winning national championships like that's where we're at right now where you've got to get old and and stay old and i think that's what louisville's doing with this transfer transfer portal class is they're getting guys at key positions because they know they've got to keep that depth they've got to they've got to stay experienced at you know in that in that starting rotation they can't have a lapse because if you have a lapse then you're gonna you're, you're, <laughs> you're not, not gonna it. let go of the yeah. rope but you're gonna you're gonna pay for it yeah you're not going to be as successful as you wanted to be so that's why they've hit the portal so hard and I think that it's gonna it's gonna continue to pay dividends for them
1: so check this out L- just listen to the names that aren't going to be starting I guess you know on paper right. on the defensive line Mason Reiger Des tell Jermaine Lole, Ramon purrier wow Jared Dawson Tawfiq Thomas. Adonijah Green. I say his name right.
2: There's debate on that. I think it's. I we'll think go it's Adonijah. Adonijah.
1: Adonijah Green, and Green is the kid. It was a four-star kid. One of the I think the first commit in the 23 class. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned TJ Capers. You know, you still have Jalen Alderman, Antonio Watts. I mean, you got depth. But, just, but l- l- just listen to the starters, just defensively. Gelati, Thor, Gerard, Barron, linebacking course, Stanquan Clark, TJ Quinn, Ben Perry, Riley, Corey Thornton, UCF, mm-hmm. MJ Griffin's back, mm-hmm. Devin Neal. You know, you have him potentially, Wesley Walker. Tamarian McDonald. McDonald.
2: Yeah, McDonald.
1: Tyon Holloway you mentioned. I mean, yeah. it's it's hard not to get, like, overly excited this early because of the talent that's a mess. And to answer Zach's question, on paper, is this crazy to say, the position that has the least amount of depth, at least proven, is quarterback? I would say proven depth.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's talent. Obviously, Pierce Clarkson. Brady Allen. Tyler Shuck. When healthy. Yes. The talent is there. But in terms of proven talent, I mean, compare that to the running backs. You know what I mean? With with Penny Boone and Don Chaney, Maurice Turner. Like, you know what you're getting out of those guys based on the... hewan Brown. A guy I, that both of us really I like. I want him staying. Yep. Um, by both all, of us but, really like. Yeah. Yes. and then But you still have that with the receivers. You have... More than likely, Chris Bell, Jimmy Calloway, and Jaden Thompson—they're all backups.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're not like that's a
2: that's a good situation to be in. It is indeed.
1: Loyal Lawrence has been patiently waiting. He is up first on LSL. What's going on, boss? What up, Ethan?
5: What up, Taylor? What I it think is? Y'all Yeah. Y'all, y'all guess y'all wonder bird just like me. That's oh, right. Yeah. We need you need that extra yeah. layer. Yeah, but. Ain't no point talking about basketball. We're 23 underdog. What's the point of talking about that? I miss talking about basketball like I used to, and it's hard to talk about it. Well, I mean, you don't have to talk talk about
1: about that game. You can talk about how you felt. There's a lot of people singing the praises for last week.
5: I know right now what the basketball team is. If Brandon don't show up early, they in trouble. Brandon been playing good, but Kenny has the guy in Brandon's face, and he he started to show up. But I wish they would win the game this say on Saturday because they had the opportunities. They just didn't show up early. But I was, like I want to talk about football real quick. Am I selfish? Every time I see an Alabama player hit the portal, I'm looking to go after that player.
2: Nope, you're not, because I feel the same way, Lawrence. Every time yeah. I'm like, come on down, come on down. Yeah.
5: I'm like, I know, I know Louis got depth everywhere on, the, on on this football team right now, but I'm like, when I see an Alabama linebacker hit the pool, I'm like, oh, come on, come on, come on, Ron, get that linebacker. Hey, <laughs> hey, <to> that
4: depth. <laughs> but, but, hey, Jeff
5: Brown is killing it in the portal right now. He got everything he needs to be a winner, winning team next year. I love the way he um, makes I'm getting all these SEC guys to come to Louisville right now. I was like, I'm like that guy, I'm like that guy in that movie on Dead prison It's like, we need another guy. And it's perfect. How many guys we need, we need- <laughs> I'm like, come on. Come on. Bring another guy in. Like, I see another I see I see a wire I see these wire seats hitting the portal. I'm like, man, we could we can really add another wire piece in clan. that'd be great too. But I just wanna say this too. Whoever the special team coach is right now, let Quincy Raleigh return punts next year. <laughs> if you heard if you if you heard that interview next, if you heard that interview with Steve Martin this morning, he wants to return punts next year but we'll let the kid do it. It's gonna probably be his last year at we'll Wolf Let the Kid return punts. Let him be that little Charles Wilson guy. Let him be Charles Wilson next year where I'm he down. can dominate on he he dominate as a corner position, return punts, and um, and start pointing to everybody like Deion Sanders did back in the day when he was at Florida State. So let Quincy Riley return punts, cause we need a banker on special teams. And I'm just gonna i just want to say this too: whoever the coach is next year, a little football and basketball, take calls next year, cause Jeff Walls ain't afraid to take calls. Take calls next year on your coaching show because we want to ask questions. Because Jeff Wallace is willing to ask the hard question when we call him, y'all better take, start taking calls next year so we can ask y'all the hard questions because we want answers too. But good show tonight, guys. Keep it going.
1: Thanks, Lawrence. Man, appreciate it. Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine is the number. Thirty-eight thirty-one ninety-three nine is the UPS jobs text line. We'll wait for some more text rolling in. And we have been this winter season, team money bouncing around. We're not on our normal day. I right. do think, based on the schedule, we might be on Wednesdays for the next two weeks after this. Um, and then once the basketball season wraps up, we'll kind of solidify that back into our spot. I know we're yep. kind of bouncing around on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we appreciate everybody tuning in and contributing to the show one way or the other. So let's now... <clears throat> T, let's switch. Let's, let's switch focus for a little bit right. uh, from last week. You, you did the post game for yep. NC State. Yep. I did the post game for Miami. Certainly,
4: so uh, Ethan's a good luck charm. I think we've all established that. What now. else is new? You know. Yeah, Ethan gets the winning post. What's this the records guy. now? How many have you gotten of the six wins? God, uh, of the six, I, I'd have to go I back and
2: my, look. I've
1: gotten. UMBC, New Mexico State, Miami for sure
2: I did who did Pepperdine I did Pepperdine so I got that one okay did you do Bellarmine no I think I got no I I think
4: Ethan did Bellarmine
2: hmm I don't remember
4: they won another game that I'm forgetting I think I did Bellarmine okay did you do Bellarmine maybe I did I, I don't remember
2: it's all a blur I try to block it out as best I can
4: We try not to remember this season in any way. Well, I mean, so...
2: But I think both of us, obviously, you had a win, I had a loss. But arguably, I think the tone of both shows was probably pretty similar.
1: Yeah, your takeaways from yours. Like, what what did you experience? How was it different from,
2: I guess, the ones that we normally do? It felt a lot like the Texas game that I did. It felt a lot like... That type of, we don't want to call it a moral victory because there's, there's no such thing in the level of basketball, and I'll be the first to say that, but it felt like these were the types of losses that we expected to take and the types of losses that we had prepared ourselves to take. So it was a little bit easier to it deal with. It looks like
1: your wife on the... Um,
2: oh, on why? Because she's holding show. a bunch of shopping bags? Because that is completely mm-hmm. accurate. Well, there's...
1: then. I, I just looked over I thought that was her for a second,
2: or my off-base. I mean, the closet makes sense, because that's exactly what her closet looks like. Oh, there you go. That's why I get ready in the guest okay. room. There you go. Um, but, no, I think that it was the type of loss that you expect to take, Yeah. so a lot of people, were, you, you were ready for that, and I think the effort and the energy that this team showed, with the exception of the first five or six minutes of the game, but I think, the rest of the first half into the second half, Louisville actually won the second half in that NC State game. I think that there was optimism, I guess, for what we saw. Mm-hmm. But there was still people that were like, yeah, they were better, but it still wasn't good enough, Yeah, and they still lost. And that is 1,000% correct. You can be, you can be excited, and you can give credit where credits due. That yes, they did look better, but compared to what? (laughs) Compared to losing to Chattanooga? Yeah. Like it's it's a weird it's a weird line to try to toe right now. Of yes, we need to you know praise them for finally getting a little bit better, but at the same time it's like what we've seen has been so freaking terrible that I I don't know. It yeah. was it was a weird it was a weird postgame show. I don't want to say it felt like a win, but it was definitely not as irate as some have been. Sure.
1: So how do you I have my I have my view on this. How how would you, if you're doling out advice, how would you advise fans to take in the rest of the season? Because, well, I want you. I want you to share what your think. What you th- think about that? Because I I have my own thoughts on this. Because it's kind of like a weird. And you when you were explaining it, it just kind of hits home how kind of weird things are right now. Mm-hmm. I'll go into a little bit more detail. But how would you advise fans to just to take this season in one way or the
2: other? Um, I would say watch it from a st- not to watch wins and losses. I would watch it to what guys do you want to see on this roster next season? Who is putting good film out there for whoever the next guy is? Watch individual players if you want to watch this this team. Don't so much focus on who are they going to beat? Are they going to win? Mm-hmm. Because if you do, nine times out of ten, you're going to just <laughs> piss yourself off. I mean, honestly. Yeah. You're just going to—it's just going to be miserable for you.
1: That's a, that's a great angle with which to take—this Th- is where I'm going to go with it. I would watch the rest of the season through two separate lenses. One would be game by game. Mm-hmm. So like case in point. So the Miami game and it was so fun to do that post game show because we got to talk about the actual game. Yeah. We for for a moment, for an evening, we tabled the the who do you want to be your next coach? Um what what he what KP said at the press conference that fired everybody up. Um you know, what mistakes the team made down the stretch that ultimately led on. We didn't have to talk about that for an evening and it was nice we had people um you know you had you had folks call in that were kp supporters you had folks call in a lot of the same callers that called in on losses that were that were giving them their flowers so that's one lens to view this from just a game by game Mm -hmm. if you win bask in it talk about it celebrate it whatever you want to do and then, if you lose, well, yeah, that's what we've done under this coaching staff, right? So, like you're, you know, like you said, don't make yourself mad. Just chalk it up. The other lens is from the historical side. And so this is why this is where I think that it's just so tough to just kind of, I guess to even explain it because, like you had the Miami win, and then you had the NC state loss. Mm-hmm. And like you said, They're playing better and they are. They're improved from last year. But did we not expect them to be improved from last year? Right. I mean, the bar was so low. And like we've said, there is talent on the roster. And so the other lens with which to view this is the traditional historical lens. So not saying, not giving out moral victories. Oh, they played hard and they battled back. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, yeah. Well, they should. First of all, don't get down 12 nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I-, I appreciated them battling. I appreciated them, you know, rallying from eighty three sixty nine to
4: 83-80, run in like a minute.
2: But maybe don't go 0 for 4 and turn the ball over four times to start the game.
4: Exactly. Don't get timeouts called in the first 40 seconds like you did last week against NC State. You know, yeah. we're not, we shouldn't be rewarding This team for playing hard. Look at the effort they're showing. Like cool. (laughs) But if you had that effort earlier in the season, you'd be in a lot better position than what you are right now. Where it's always been there. So isn't that more of an indictment on them? More of an indictment on the coaching staff? (laughs) Where was this? That's what I said on Saturday. I said this this is
2: the frustrating part about watching this team is that they they tell on themselves. They have these they have these games like NC State, like Miami, like Texas where they come out and they play really well and they fight and they claw. And in the case of the Miami game, it's good enough to win. In the case of the Texas game, it takes a miracle shot at the buzzer for Texas to win that game. And they go on that nice run to really cut into the NC state lead and and make NC state sweat it out at the end. But then you have these games like Arkansas state and DePaul and Virginia tech and Indiana, and Chattanooga, where it's like, if you played, and I said this Saturday, if they played the way that they played on Saturday against Chattanooga, they win that game. If if they play that way, they beat DePaul. They don't need overtime to beat New Mexico State. They probably beat Virginia Tech on the road in a game that was 68-75. They beat Arkansas State. They beat Arkansas State. They beat Pitt at home. Yeah. Like these are – and you feel – if you have those wins under your belt, you're feeling a lot different. And we're talking about Kenny and the staff and this program in a much different way. Mm-hmm. What? Because what would their record be at the, at this point?
1: I mean, you would have losses to the team up the road, Texas. I mean, hell, you could use that same argument against Indiana. Mm-hmm. They came from ahead to lose to the Hoosiers. Yeah. And to date, Indiana
2: is still not a bona fide tournament. Team. No. So you could have beat them. So you would have had losses to Texas, the team up the road. That's basically it. In Virginia.
4: Yeah. yeah, that would be it.
2: So you have three losses on your on your schedule.
1: They'd be 13-3 right now. Yeah. So then you're in the top twenty-five. So that's a totally different thing, but that's the it's, thing. but but
2: that's how that's how razor yeah. razor thin the margin
1: is. Yeah, and so 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 my point about the two lenses. So from the historical lens, that is why like I'm not going to you know give props like Zach was saying for playing hard or not giving up. That should be a given. Yeah, and you're still lost. Mm-hmm. You're still six and ten. Overall, you're still 1-4 in the ACC. That is not acceptable.
2: And oh, by the way, you get to go to Chapel Hill tomorrow.
1: Yeah. And this team is improved. You can say, and again, in this day and age, you can't. You know, both things can be true. You can (laughs) say this team is improving because they are and still say there needs to be a coaching change at the end of the season.
2: You can still say this team is improving, but they're still not very good.
1: Yeah. And so, I do think, though, Taylor, over the last week or so, that this has solidified KP staying on through the year. Which, I, to me, was a given anyway. It, yeah, yeah, and I think that that probably, um, absent like a 10-game losing streak, I, I think that shuts down the speculation that there could be a move during the season. Because it's evident the team is still playing, playing for him. Mm-hmm. But you can be playing for him, but if you don't win... That's that's the name of the game, and so we will never shy away from our expectations for this program. and In the context of this season, where the program is, the expectation is to make the field of sixty eight. Period. There are no excuses. Yes, injuries have played a part, but to our point, you 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 might not be thirteen and three, but you're twelve and four with yeah. that schedule that you've played. Yeah and they failed on the front end of the non-conference going 5 and 7 against a non-conference slate that was in the 300s in strength of schedule. So that's why here, you know, and there's people that'll say, well, you know, they'll put the they'll put the win total out there and there's not a lot but still. But I just I want to hammer this point home before we get to Will. Like somebody was saying, well, if he wins, you know, 12 or 13 games, he's back. He is Well, okay. Take a step back and look at it from the historical lens. If you win twelve games and you play a minimum of one game in the ACC tournament, you're twelve and twenty. Four and twenty-eight followed up by twelve and twenty is would probably be the the worst two year stretch in the modern era of Louisville basketball. Two and twenty alongside four and twenty-eight are two of the worst seasons. In the modern era of Louisville basketball, yep, your head coach that does that, that's 16 and 48, he ain't getting a third year, no. nor should he. No. So I think those are the two lens that I'm going to view it. If now Louisville gets blown out tomorrow, we're going to do the post-game show. It'll be a late-night edition. But, like, if Louisville's a 23-point underdog, that's another example of where we are from the historical lens Yeah. And even a game-by-game one. Because that's ridiculous. I think um, Chris Hatfield tweeted out that this was the largest underdog since, I guess, he's been tracking point spreads since 1997.
2: And then they're going to go on the road to Winston-Salem and probably be a double-digit dog.
1: Yeah, Wake Forest is 12 and 4 right now. They're they're beating NC State in Raleigh, currently 62-55. The Demon Deacons are 12 and 4, 4 and 1 in the league and they're 10 and 0 at home. But, you know, in a historical viewpoint, Taylor, right? You're looking at most years, okay, we need to split these two road games so we can maintain a top 4 or 5 seed in the ACC and the NCAA tournament. That is what we're saying in most seasons. Most seasons, traditionally, we are bemoaning a loss to NC State at home and to Pitt at home. At most seasons, we're doing that. And then now, you kind of get the, well, they came back, they, they battled back. Well, yeah, but they still lost. And we can't allow ourselves to get sucked in and numb to losing all the time yeah. to where you had that. Yes, they ha- they are playing better. They are. Mike James has been a baller here recently. Brandon Hunley Hatfield has been a beast down low. I'm not quite a double-double machine, but he's putting up quite a few. Curtis Williams is coming into his own. Very impressive young man, as is Tyler Johnson. But overall, from the program perspective, you're 6-10 and 10 and 1-4, and it's not good enough. Will! No. You're up next on LSL. What's going on, buddy? Hey, guys.
0: You know... I'm waiting for a coach to say I am not going to waste one moment on a recruiting freshman because it's a total waste of time because, okay, let's say you bring a freshman in. now football, you know, there's some great kids that maybe can hit the field for like an Alabama or somebody, but, but for like 90% of the programs, why are you wasting your time on a freshman? Okay, they're not going to play probably the first year because you're bringing in the portal guys who are more developed, bigger, stronger. Okay, so you got fourteen. Like I think he said, we got fourteen freshmen. They're not going to play. Okay, and 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 if they don't play the first year, you know they're getting out of there the second year. So why why on earth? It's almost like it's it's we can't. These coaches can't. Break from the past, like just like Calipari. Look, look at those Edwards kid. You know that kid's gone next year. If he doesn't make the NBA, he's transferring. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, why on earth is he wasting his time with these freshmen? you you see what happened when these boys went up against AM, and who's not even ranked. None of the teams they played were ranked as far as the last three. I think SEC games. Okay, so why on earth are you wasting your time? They're not even beating – well, they beat two of those games. This last one they didn't win. But they haven't even started playing top ten teams yet, like consistently. So these young kids, Reed, they're all good players. I'm not taking anything from them. But when you get on the court with men, you're not going to beat them. Not in like that tournament stretch where you've got five big games. Against guys twenty two, twenty three years old. So you look at Louisville, right? If he had read the room, this is where this is what pisses me off. He's not. He didn't read the room and say we got to pivot. It's almost like, dude, we got to bring you kicking and screaming, uh, kicking and screaming to the table. You're supposed to know this. You're the one getting paid three, six million dollars, three or you know, three or four mil. You're supposed to know this. You're mm-hmm. supposed to have consultants. You're supposed to. So I got to tell you now you're going to pivot and go in the portal. Dude, we're way behind. I mean, like, I don't even care anymore. But I got a question for you guys. If Louisville could become a football powerhouse, say, in five years, I mean, of the ranks of a top 10, I'm not saying we're going to become Alabama or Georgia anytime soon. But would you trade that? I'm say a bona fide, say top ten football school. Would you trade that, and our basketball just kind of stays mediocre? Would Would you guys trade for that?
1: Um, I don't. I might I, I, oh, I know what my co-host would say. I would not. I mean, what would I mean? Could we negotiate? Could we be a top twenty football program perennially, and then a top ten basketball program again? I mean, I'd take that, but not top ten football mediocre basketball like i that
2: for me no i couldn't team money sign me up <laughs> sign me up man yep. i know i need to turn in my louisville fan card but no i mean sign me up football drives the bus man it does it does football drives the bus football pays the athletic department budget like it is what it is it is indeed
1: Texter says, let's get to the UPS Jobs text line, 38 9. Texter says, depth is what killed us at the end. Talking about football. Yep. It started when we lost thrash, and it was more of a step up by committee than a guy just seizing the opportunity. Jordan hurt too, but Corindo stepped up and played like a freight train. If we add thrash and Jordan back, we score more than six versus Florida State what Brahms doing in the portable is unbelievable excited about this next season Chris the plumber Chris as always man we appreciate um, you chiming in Texer says do you think the ACC will get two teams in the 12-team playoffs the Big Ten slash SEC will have three maybe four teams um two losses will hurt the ACC your thoughts We'll we'll answer that here in a moment Texter also says, moral victory. No, no, no. NC State scored 80-something points. Yep. They are terrible. The defense could not get a stop in the last four minutes of the game. That is all defense and coaching. Watch you, NC. will score 80 to 100 points. Only good is taking the over in DraftKings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the defense was, was bad. Uh, NC State scored 89 points. Uh, and you, when you score 83 at home, you expect to, to be on the winning side of that ledger, and that was not the case. Texter said, I have learned to appreciate the greatness of Louisville basketball in the future. <laughs> also, Texter says, I think Kenny doesn't know when to call a timeout when his team looks shaky. I did think he's been doing that a little bit more the last week. But again, like, that's that's what we're talking about. We're, you're doing the little things. Well, he's calling timeouts now. <laughs> But, but Look even, at Kenny. Right though. I mean, I'm not even saying that. I'm not saying that to be a jerk, but I'm saying that's like a perfect example of like you know, there's been progress, but the floor was so low yeah. I and mean, you're going to you're going to see anything. Uh, you know, th- and it's not and you're
4: it's not even wrong. You can still be right when you say it. Look at him call those timeouts with the ferocity and you know, <laughs> making sure that they're getting them called at the right time and he's pumping those guys up. But I think Don't to, don't hate on the the timeouts.
1: There you go. What what Will was saying though, Taylor, for me it was like when he was talking about the team up the road, at least though Cal has a plan. You know what he you know what you're at him, you know what mm-hmm. he's going to do offensively, you know his team's always going to be young. Um and he's going to get a supplemental player here and there from the portal. Yep. KP was of the same mindset this off season. And then once he struck out on the high-end high school talent he's going well allegedly now he has to go with the portal because you don't have anybody signed for the 24 class not that he's going to get that chance anyways but still the point remains he didn't have a plan and it's obvious because now he was talking about a couple weeks ago how he needs to go hit the portal hard well yeah that's Before what you, it was
2: a necessary evil, remember? Yeah,
1: but that's what you had everyday fans telling you. That's what we were talking about. You had us blowhards over here talking <laughs> about how he has to embrace NIL and how he has to he has to be able to ad, adapt and recruit the portal year in and year out. Well, but that was also when he was hired. We also thought that he was going to be landing these five star kids that are going to Kansas and Duke and the team up the road. But that hasn't been the case either. So I don't know, man, that that's, that's just been the frustrating aspect, but it's just, you know, again, take it game by game. That's how I'm going to do it because I can't deal with like, dude, I can't deal with like the moral victory type of, no. you know, we can acknowledge that they're playing better. We can acknowledge that they're, they have improved and they are improving, but at the same time you have to acknowledge that you're dead last in the ACC and you're six and ten. You're only one of two teams currently in the ACC with a losing record. That's not. I mean, that's not. That's not good. If, if through sixteen games Taylor we were ten and six, I mean we would be complaining about that because that's Louisville. But that's not. Yeah. That's not the standard. Let alone six and ten. I mean, what was your grade? Be? We're, we are halfway through the season. There's going to be thirty-two games played. If you have thirty-one regular season, at least one in the ACC tournament, we're yep. at the halfway point. You're six and ten. What's your grade? D plus. Wow, that's very generous. Wow, I,
4: I, I was not F. expecting that. Yeah, I'm saying an F. Can it be an F minus? No,
1: I don't think it's an F minus. Last year would have been an F minus.
4: No, no, last year would have broken the entire grading scale. <laughs> you would have had. To, it's you, a Z.
2: It's a. It's uh. Yeah. What it, right. was it, it's a Z. did not complete Z or whatever. minus. Yeah, didn't Z-
4: dropped class after yeah. two weeks.
1: No, I mean I. I mean this is an F when you're five and seven in the non conference. I'm sorry. He's five and six. You had the one game against Virginia Tech. When you're five and six against the week non-conference schedule, and then you're only one and four in the ACC. I mean, I think that's an F, but D plus. I mean, but again, that's where we are.
2: Yeah, six and ten. It's I mean, D plus, like whatever. F, B, does doesn't matter? It doesn't at that I mean, point. You're right. You're right. No, it you're doesn't. still you're still failing. Yeah,
4: Zach, what, what's your grade? Uh, F. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely an F. You can't do that in the non-conference and then do what they're doing in the ACC. Look, the Miami game was great, but if we're looking at one out of 16 games being an enjoyable watch, you got a problem. <laughs> yeah. It's an F.
1: If you look at like the schedule, you kind of see like you, you win one, lose four. Win one, you lose four. And, and listen, Louisville's going to win some more games this year.
4: You think they get double digits?
2: No.
1: No, see, and that's that's the... Okay, so let's do this. We letting that, that cake bake? Let's, no, um, It's burnt. Let's let's take our, yeah. our number one break. When we come back, will Louisville get the 10, get the ten wins or more, double-digit wins? And, again, the fact that this is even a discussion, again, just bolsters our argument that they need to move in a different direction at the end of the season. Let's do that. And then also, too, Jeff Goodman this afternoon released his 20 worst hires since the year 2000. Uh, we'll let you know what he said about the Louisville – Coach, when we come back, you're listening to Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest running all UFL sports talk show, right here on 939 The Ville.
3: You ready? Let me, let me, Bone. Yo, yo, what's up, back? son? Ooh, what's up, kid? What's going on, kid? Yo, man, I'm just doing my thing. Yo, yo I right. will oh, get right. My-
6: Side, the New York Times side. Staying alive was no job at second hands. Moms bounced on old man. So then we move to Shallon Land. A young youth, you're rocking the go tooth. Low goose. Only way I am begin the G-O to G Welcome
1: back into we'll hour number two of Lowell Sports Live, the city's longest running all U of Sports Talk Show right here on 939 The Ville. Wu Tang in the 36 Chambers uh. brings us back. Talking about cash flows, everything around me. Do you have a small or medium sized business, Taylor? Um no, but if I did you would probably be in need of bookkeeping services. I would be. So don't pay CPA rates and hire a professional bookkeeping service that will not only take away the pressure of worrying about managing her financials, but will take time each month to provide monthly education and in depth reviews into your business's financial health.
2: Do you know somebody that would do that, Ethan? I do indeed.
1: TheEdgeCapital.com. You can hit them up on their website or give them a call at (laughs) 419-777-4647. Tax time's coming around the That's right. April will be here before you know it. Exactly. Let the professionals at The Edge Capital take care of all that. Spend the time growing your business and let The Edge Capital handle the books for you. TheEdgeCapital.com four one nine seven 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 forty six forty seven before we went to break to close off our number one we were asking the question will louisville win double digit games i think they will what's a you good sir we can kind of break down what you're what you're seeing uh no okay
2: (laughs) why no why so quickly Um, When they have been playing better. They have been playing better. They are about to lose three in a row. I would agree. Um, They're going to follow that up with probably two more losses to Virginia and Clemson. Mm -hmm. Their next opportunity for a win comes February 3rd against Florida State, which you have already called your shot. Mm -hmm. You still feeling confident on that?
1: Not as confident. Florida State's 4-1. But... It's at home, and you know I'm gonna I'm going to stick with it, but I also have a couple of other games now where I'm going to say Louisville wins as well.
2: Okay, so I, up to
4: 147, Ethan. I think you're going to get the over.
1: Well, uh, this looks like there's going to be some technical free throws. Ooh. I tell you what, we've had some pushing and shoving the last two ACC Absolutely. games. Yes, yes, Absolutely, that's what we have. Absolutely. Now, floor, uh, Wake Forest and NC State. Conference tenor. play Look is back that. in action.
2: You'd want to punch somebody if you played at Pittsburgh or Syracuse, too. So That's right. Um, so, I think Louisville's next opportunity for a win is probably Georgia Tech or Boston College, and those are February 10th and February 13th. So, if, if I'm picking, I say Louisville loses – North Carolina, Wake Forest, Duke, Virginia, Clemson, Florida State, Syracuse. I'll say they beat Georgia Tech at home. Okay. I think they lose on the road at BC. They lose on the road at Pitt. I think they beat Notre Dame at home. I think they lose at Duke. Shocker. Um, I think they lose to Syracuse at home. I think they lose to Virginia Tech at home. I think they beat BC at home.
1: So how many wins is that? So that though?
2: puts them at... What are what are we at now? Six? Mm-hmm. So that puts them at seven... Eight. Nine. Okay. So just barely under.
1: I do think, man, and uh, I will... I hope my wife's and, and I'm not going to be overly mad at me, but she can't be. I'm, I mean, uh,
2: she's totally listening. Yeah. So is my wife.
1: So she, <laughs> she uh, is uh, infatuated with Tony Bennett. So we, yes, are, we know this. We're, and Reese Davis, we are going to the Virginia game.
2: We have. Did you get her seats behind
1: the Virginia bench? I got them right across from their bench.
2: Okay, so she can look at it. Yes. Good.
1: Well done. And so we're going to try to get there a little early, see if she can get her picture with them, because it's her birthday the next day. Um, so well, She will find a way. But And I'm telling you this, Taylor, I, I'm not calling a shot that Louisville wins, but Virginia is winless on the road this year. And they have looked bad on the road. They have gotten smacked, like, 20-point loss. Three of their four losses on the road are, like, by 20 points or more. Um, or around 20 points. I think Wake beat them by 19. Whatever. Mm-hmm. They're not the Virginia of old now no. again, they still smacked this last week two weeks ago by what twenty three or twenty four. but man, I'm telling you I just seventy seven fifty three. I don't think that that is a for sure loss there. i'm I'm not really to count that as a win, but i'm I'm sticking with Florida State. they're gonna beat the they're gonna beat the Knowles on the third. they're gonna beat Georgia Tech. they're gonna beat Notre Dame. It's three. And then I think they're gonna win two of the final three at home. Syracuse Virginia Tech PC. I don't think they're gonna win all three, but I think they'll win two of So you're three.
2: Peaking, predicting eleven wins yes. on the season.
1: So and that would guarantee a twenty loss season. Regular season would be eleven and twenty. So you're playing on the day of shame, right? Because you would have what five, you'd be five and fifteen in the ACC. Oh, mm-hmm. well, yeah, you're probably you're in the bottom four. Mm-hmm. And again, that's wouldn't be good enough. But no. I, I still think, though, at home, with the with the team playing well, I don't think, and it would be unfair of us to expect Mike James to continue this tear that he's on. Oh, yeah. I mean, the dude is on, on fire. 23 points per game over the last three games. He's hit 11 threes. He's shooting like 63% from the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy.
2: It's He's unconscious he's on right now. Yeah, He's on one. And as long as they play on the CW, Curtis Williams will Curtis go Williams off. Curtis Williams
1: goes off. CW goes off on the CW.
2: Last game of the season against BC at home is on the CW.
1: So has anything, I guess, has this week changed? I'm assuming you're not dissecting the schedule every second of the day. But <laughs> has anything this past week changed your mind? Or, or were you kind of dead set, you know, just once the season kind of got rolling, that you're going to win about you know,
2: nine, ten games anyways? Yeah, I- Nothing has changed in my opinion. Do I think that Louisville will be more competitive in some of these losses? Yes. Mm-hmm. Based on the, what I've seen, yes. I think Louisville will be more competitive in some of them. But I think the end result's going to be the same. I'm I with think you. it's going to be a loss. I'm with you.
1: I think out of all of the injuries, I really think J.J. Trainor's absence hurt the team. I'm not I, Dennis Evans... First of all, God willing, I hope that he's okay from a from a medical standpoint. Right. And Manny A four I don't think not having those guys affects the team. I mean, Dennis Evans didn't play a whole lot, a 4 didn't play a whole lot. Um when they did, they still lost to those to some of those bums on the non conference. Um, I think Trey White being out didn't necessarily hurt the team either. Because that allowed Curtis Williams to get more run. Yeah. That allowed Caleb Glenn to to get more action. And I think the team is better because of those two young men have gotten more minutes and have been productive. Uh, and I think, you know, Trey White, you know, he, he wants to get his numbers up. You know, he's forced several shots against NC State. Um, you know, just from a numbers game, sure, like, yeah, you, you're going to lose, you're going to miss the, the team's third leading score, whatever, rebounder. But like, if you really watch the team, I don't think based on their schedule like Trey White's missing the three games necessarily really hurt the team.
2: Trey is a defensive liability. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's bad. I think whoever the next head coach is your job one is probably to re-recruit.
1: Yeah, who do you who are you keep him from this roster if again, if you can.
2: Well, let's look real quick. Let's pull up the uh pull up the roster here um
1: while you're doing that tyler
2: you keep in our johnson you re-recruit that kid Mm -hmm. i'm with you you. re-recruit curtis williams yes uh you re-recruit mike james who who yes redshirt sophomore so he's got some ability left here eligibility left here you re-recruit him um those are really the the three for me that you desperately need to keep on the team.
1: Are you done? Uh, no Scott Clark? No Trey White? No BHH? I mean, BHH
2: is a junior. Yeah. So
1: I feel like he might try to go He may overseas. try to go overseas or
2: test the draft waters or something like I that. I see that. Yeah. So, I mean, if he wants to come back, yeah, absolutely. Based on what he's done so far this season, we've had like kind of an awakening in BHH so, if he wants to come back, I think definitely. Um, other than that, that's that's really it. I mean, Trey White, he's, he's good offensively. He's a liability on defense. If he can pick up his defense, and if the next head coach thinks they can get more out of him defensively, then sure, because he's got a great stroke. He shoots the ball well. Um, he's a shot hunter, though, which is an issue. Um, Sky Clark has been... Okay. I don't think he's been maybe necessarily what we expected him to be. Um to me, he he fades into the background too much. He was basically a non-factor in the NC State game. He did some nice things defensively and he got a couple assists and 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 things like that, but you need him to be scoring the basketball as well as doing all that other stuff. Uh and he he definitely was not scoring the basketball in that game. So Those are really the guys for me. Um, Same with Caleb Glenn. I mean, Caleb's had some moments. If he wants to come back, great. But I think there might be better options out there for Louisville. But Mike James, Curtis Williams, and Tyler Johnson, uh, and the BHH if he wants to. Those are my guys that, like, you've, you've got to, whoever the next head coach is, your job one has got to be to try to get those guys to come back.
1: I'm with you for those three, plus Glenn. Plus Sky Clark. Okay. Um, I could be, I mean, if BHH wants to stay, I think, with a new coach to get to get him to play at that high level consistently, I think yeah. that's the only thing that's missing. I think um, KP and staff have gotten close to getting him to reach his full potential, but he's not doing it consistently.
2: Don't you want to see more out of Caleb, though?
1: Offensively, yes. But I think he's playing right now. He's, he's a little bit undersized of where – they're wanting him to play Mm -hmm. and so I think right now he is um he is kind of your Dwayne Sutton type but the scoring the scoring needs to come but I think now you have somebody that's becoming more confident you have somebody that can get rebounds in traffic you have somebody that can, can that can get those offensive boards and put them back you're missing that guy that from a physical standpoint you know you know an undersized four yeah Uh, You know, certainly the offense has to come. But I think that's part of why you need also to recruit freshmen, to have guys like those three, Tyler, Curtis, and Caleb, where you can bring them along. Now, offensively, obviously, Tyler and Curtis are ahead of Caleb. But from a physical standpoint, he's already there, and he gets the rebounds. Curtis Williams, not so much.
2: Tyler reminds me a little bit of Russ mm-hmm. in the frenetic way that he plays. Yeah. If you can just reel that in a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. and stop turning the ball over and be more active defensively, those are the things that Tyler needs to needs to really improve on. So we
1: were talking about um Jeff Goodman's list today mm-hmm. that it came out. It was the worst coaching hires since 2000. And there's the, there's 20 of them and Billy Gillespie's on there twice. Yeah. So so he's extra bad. Here um and you know KP was number 1 on the list, the again the worst coaching hires since the year 2000. Here is what Goodman has said about him, quote. Payne seemed like the perfect choice. He had complete support to take over the program as a former Louisville star who played in the NBA and then worked along, uh, worked as a longtime college assistant at Oregon and later with at, you know, the team up the road with John yep. Calipari. Now, Jeff Goodman didn't say the team up the road; he was <laughs> there for the sake of the show. Prior to taking over the Cardinals, Payne had been working as an assistant coach with the New York Knicks. In March 2022, he replaced Chris Mack in Louisville, and he's been beyond miserable. The Cardinals won only four games in his first season, and they are six and ten this season with back-to-back losses at the Paul and at home against Arkansas State. It's almost unfathomable how low Payne has taken this once storied program that has won three national titles. Pretty damning, yeah. But but the numbers bear that out. Taylor, ten and thirty-eight, three and twenty-two, an ACC play like that. You just throw that out there, yep. and that's why we are where we are. Other notable names, like we mentioned in the show, Billy Gillespie, the team up the road, he was fired in two years, and he went forty and twenty-seven. <laughs> now, this is not this is not an apples to apples comparison no. any stretch. Um, but then Kevin Stallings, Ugh. remember him at Pitt, an absolute disaster. KP's winning percentage is point. 210 kevin stallings winning percentage as bad as he was at Pitt, was 0.370 he was 24 and 41 that's bad yeah. but we're in another level of bad
2: god those kevin stallings teams were so terrible
1: kevin stallings in his two years in the acc went four
2: and 32 <laughs> Didn't they go winless one year in mm-hmm. ACC play?
1: Yeah, it's Not that bad yet, but I mean, right now we're sitting at 3-22. and 22. Like, so you're in the same boat, but then the overall record, Sawings was a lot better. I mean, that right there, you want to just compare and contrast those two. I mean, that right there is just like, dude, that's... We unfortunately have become so numb to losing.
2: That's the, That's the scary part that I never thought we would get to as a...
1: And, like, and we had a good crowd for NC State. It was a very spirited, rowdy crowd. But what, 7,000 people?
2: hmm That's not local I mean, basketball. And you, again,
1: you look at it in the two different lenses. That game, where we are, yes, it was it was much better. But if you look at it from the historical lens, it's terrible. 7,000 people, the um, center, that's terrible. Losing to a team that's good, not great at home, that's not good. Remember the gnashing of teeth when Patino, before he went to the 2012 Final Four, he lost to South Florida at home? Yes. We're like, oh my gosh, they're going to lose in the first round of the tournament again. This is going to be ridiculous. He's lost his touch. Yeah. Well, you know what? You had 20-plus wins. Yeah. Um, but he figured it out. He went to the Final Four. But but I think that it's always important to remember, man. That's just like you got to like look at it from two perspectives always. And you know when you start like, oh yeah, man, they've played better, they've improved, they're playing hard, okay. <laughs> but, hmm,
2: there you go. You know Kevin Stallings never coached again. After Pitt, I mean, he's not even like an assistant anywhere. Or, I mean. Is he even an
4: assistant? I mean, No, I'm so sure I said,
2: he's he, not even an assistant. He's not in okay. basketball anymore at all. I
4: mean, he's he, probably selling insurance somewhere. You might be going to a car dealership if you need a new car. Hi, I'm uh, Kevin. Mr. Stallings. <laughs> Can I just get my Ford Focus already? He was He had a
2: 600 winning percentage at Vanderbilt. He was 332 and 220 and had a 493 winning percentage in conference play the best that they did was they made it to they made a sweet 16 while he was there in 2006 2007 they were 22 and 12 and went 10 and 6 in in the SEC and made it to a sweet 16 but the year before he got hired at Pittsburgh they were 19 and 14 11 and 7 in league play and got bounced in the first four mm. And then he gets the pit job and goes sixteen and seventeen in year one. They were four and fourteen in conference play, and it was year two where they were eight and twenty four and zero and eighteen in the, in the ACC Oof. play.
1: I mean, I think K- KP is going to be able to land on his feet like in the NBA as an mm-hmm. assistant, or even the, in, I don't think I don't see him being an assistant coach in college unless it's for the team up the road. Yeah, I could see him certainly being an assistant in the NBA.
2: How quickly does Cal clear a spot on his bench?
1: Pretty quick, just just despite Louisville too. Mm-hmm. I mean, but and, and that's fine. He, nobody's saying that KP is not a great assistant, not a great mentor. Yeah, I mean, he is. It's it's obvious. Like if all of the criticisms that we can dole out for him, the one thing that we can we can praise universally is that the kids love him, and he has been a, a great mentor to them. They've said countless times. That he cares about them. He cares about them more than just the basketball side of things. That they want to, they he wants them to be successful in life. That's admirable, and that's fantastic, and that's important. And that's why he is an assistant coach. That right now, unfortunately for Louisville, is in the head coach's role. He's a great, like I said, he's a great assistant, great mentor, just not the head guy. So, um, you had some interesting football kind of discussion to, to to bring up. Before we do that, top three right now, I'm going to ask you this, potential replacements. We don't have to belabor the point because we'll get into that later on in March, but your order change at all, what do you think?
2: Uh, top three, no particular order. Jerome Tang, Dusty May. Scott Drew, and I think Scott, actually I said no particular order, I think Scott Drew is my number one. Okay. Zach Attack, what do you got?
4: Scott Drew, Drake May, or not Drake May. Drake May. I, I'd take him too. Yeah, he's fine too. Dusty May, and Ooh. yeah, I probably would pick Tang. What? um? That this... Baylor-Kansas State game, Louisville fans are going to be watching that game. Yeah winner gets a little job is yeah it now <laughs> i think so i i not, don't remember if it's today or tomorrow it's one of the days i think it's tonight <laughs> could be so but the iu connection with dusty may that doesn't scare what you about, guys all what about forbes no no he, he doesn't have any NCAA I, NCAA I think it's possible so. louisville doesn't get as big of a name as they think they will why why, why say that because i think per, the perception nationally around the louisville program is not all that great right now and i know that it's one of the top six programs of all time, but I think there'll be some big name coaches that say, "Okay, well, maybe I want to follow the guy who follows Kenny Payne." You know, maybe they get like a mid tier guy, and then they go swing for the fences on the next one. That's poss- see, that's I think you there. swing for the fences oh, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Oh, I think if you're, does, if you're, you're a big if we'll name them.
2: coach, there's no better time to take the job.
1: Oh, there's the, the no bar, better time. Yes, the expectations are just going to be be like, don't be an inept. Yeah. Like, don't fail
4: at press conferences. Don't be all-time historically bad. Yeah.
2: Baylor-Kansas State going on right now. Uh, Baylor's up
4: 33-31 mm. in Cro- the second quarter. Yeah, Cronin's, second off. Half, Cronin's so. off the list, by the way. Anybody who considers yeah, no, Cronin, I'm, I'm get out here. Well, I'm good on Cronin. What do you think? On Mick is not the pick. Mick is not the Mick pick Mick is for not me. the pick. What would you think about Bruce Pearl? Yeah. I would. I mean, absolutely I mean just don't let him have barbecues. But other than that, like, oh, I that would be fine good. nowadays. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> I do think
1: true. though, and I have um, a fairly well placed source with this, and
2: well, he parlayed just rumors of Louisville into an extension last time. He sure
1: did. And I, I, I think he is probably on the downward slope of his career. Not saying like in terms of like results, but just like I don't think he wants to coach any more than like four or five more years. Yeah. Tops. So you want to get somebody that that wants to be in there for the long haul, a name that's that's been generating a little bit more buzz, gentlemen, Eric Musselman at Arkansas. Last year, yeah, absolutely. Now, this year, bruh. But let's look up. Let's look up what he's done over his. Can you look up what he's done? In yeah. His now, of course, this year this year they're not as successful. I mean, L. Ellis. Dude, how mad is that? <laughs> how mad is he right now, dude? He's getting like three or four minutes a game <laughs> over the last handful of games. He's not even like it's its crazy. But then, like, God, what? he's coached a lot of places. Yeah, Nevada. Jeez. And that, but the, another issue with him is like he also doesn't like to be in the same spot for a while. Mm hmm. Again, this, we want to co, we want this next coach to be like, okay. Like, you're here for the long haul. Let's let's get it rolling.
2: So, Bus was in the NBA for quite a while as an assistant. The Orlando Magic, the Atlanta Hawks, Warriors, Grizzlies, Kings. Um, then he went to the G League, went to Arizona State as an assistant 2012-2013, uh, and then the associate head coach there in 13 and 14, was an LSU assistant head coach in 1415 then took the Nevada job while he was at Nevada let's see what his record was there he finished oh, uh, pretty good 110 and 34 nice uh, went to let's see he won the regular season in 2016 uh, won the conference regular season championship in 2017, 18, and 2018, 19, they went to the Sweet 16 in 2017, 2018 season. He had a 29 and 8 record, and they were first in uh, in the Mountain West, and then at Arkansas. He left it left uh, Nevada 2018, 19, went to Arkansas, and in his first year, they were 20 and 12. Then they were 25 and 7. With an elite eight run, twenty-eight and nine with an elite eight run, and twenty-two and fourteen last year, and made it to the Sweet Sixteen. They were eight and ten in conference play last season. Um, the seasons before that, they were thirteen and four and thirteen and five in conference play. But right now, they're nine and six, and they're zero and two in the SEC.
1: So, what were they the last three years at Arkansas?
2: Last three years at Arkansas, twenty-two and fourteen last year. Twenty eight and nine the year before, twenty five and seven the year before. How
1: did the how did their seasons end? I know it was the tournament. Before. Elite
2: eight, elite eight, sweet sixteen.
1: Okay. All right, well, then there you go. There's your tournament success box.
2: And the postseason was canceled the COVID year, his first year at Arkansas. And, and they were twenty and twelve.
1: Okay. So that would have been a tournament team then. So that's what has to happen. So yeah, for this for this coaching search, Louisville's gonna get a big name. I would be floored if they do not. Now what constitutes a big name? Anybody that we just mentioned.
2: Well, you were worried about Dusty May and the IU connection, but what about if Musselman's here for five years or four years, and then he's like, yeah, I'm out. I mean, that's a good point. Um, I don't want to do this anymore. I need something I need something different. I don't, I don't know, know where you go from the Louisville job. Exactly. I mean, unless
1: it goes back to the NBA or unless something. Unless he goes back to
2: the NBA, but, yeah. but I, I don't think- want a job hopper exactly the
1: same thing though with the like if you were to get dusty may and then the iu job i think the iu job could open up in two or three years i mean I you know i really think i mean if Woodson, Woodson's done a good job not a great job mm-hmm. um and there's been some scuttlebutt around iu that you know like we need to make a move on him so he doesn't go somewhere big Also, though, the upside of that is, let's say, whether it's May or Musselman, and he gets you rolling, you go to the Elite Eight, you're winning 25-plus games, your brand of basketball is exciting. Um, I think Musselman would be the perfect fit here with his personality. He's, like, in your face. He's in the media, takes his shirt off, whatever. I mean, you know, you you may or may not like that. But, like, his his style of play is fun. Mm Mm-hmm. And his teams win. Now it's a lot of like live or die by the three, but it's still exciting to watch. But listen, if you're going elite eight, elite eight, sweet sixteen, that's more commiserate. If you're in the elite eight, then obviously you're a game away from the final four. That's what you're gonna, you you want to be competing for. You're in year out.
2: So from 2016, I'll get I'll give you this. This paints a little bit of a better picture. His first year as a head coach in college was the 2015-16 season. Okay, he was head coach at Nevada. So from, and they went, they won the CBI that year. All right. So from 2016 until last season, round of 64, sweet 16, round of 64, postseason canceled, elite eight, elite eight, sweet 16.
1: Okay. All right. So he gets to the tournament. More often than not, he advances, mm-hmm. and that—that's what the next coach has. That they have to check that box. So
2: Dusty May, you
1: have a Final Four.
2: Do we know where his wife's from? I don't think she's from Louisville.
1: <sighs> okay. Um. Jerome Tang, Elite Eight, although you could say, well, he's only, is he a one-hit wonder? Yeah. I don't think he is. I mean, I don't think he is right now. I don't
4: think so, but that's a question that should be asked or considered.
1: Yeah. They're 12-4. and Kansas State's 12-4 and right now. Mm -hmm. I still don't think they have, like, a a very impressive resume to date. He, too, like Musselman, plays a very exciting brand of basketball. Right. He has the great blend, though, guys, of loving on the players, but then – producing those results
4: yeah gotta love them up guys is there any concern
2: for you that dusty may has not been a head coach other than his one stop so far at florida atlantic
1: no i I think and this is weird and, and i could talk myself out of it i think the one reservation that i have is like while he didn't go to a final four with florida atlantic and they're having a, another good season. You know, they have some scratching head
2: scratching losses. Yeah, 11 and 4 so far, 1 and 1 in the American. This is the first year in the American.
4: They've lost more games to Quad Four teams than they have anything else. Yeah. That's and just crazy. That, yeah, and
1: that's that's odd. The only thing that would give me any pause would be is it lightning in a bottle with this group of guys strictly. Yeah, because of most of those guys returned
2: and he's and, never done it anywhere else. Exactly.
1: But again, everybody though, we're not going to have a Patino, you know, waiting in the wings where he can be like, "Uh, yes, yeah, sign me up."
2: But I mean, the same thing for Jerome Tang. Sure. Yeah. He's never been a head coach other than this. this stop at Kansas State. Now he's learned from Bryce Drew. I mean, um, Scott Drew. Mm-hmm. He was at. He was a Baylor assistant from 03 to '17, and then was a associate head coach from '17 to '22. So he'd been on staff at Baylor from 2003 to 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and last season we know what he did at Kansas State: 26 and 10, and an Elite Eight run.
1: And so, so that right there, but and then he showed you that he could play the portal,
2: and he beat his rival, beat Kansas.
1: Yeah. So he did in year one what like KP couldn't have dreamt, dreamt of doing in year one. Like, and again, it wasn't an apples to apples comparison. But, like, the fact that, again, you want to move away from the disaster of 4-28, but you can't when you're still seeing the same things mm-hmm. that you saw in November and December. When you're losing to inferior opponents, you know, unforced turnovers, careless play, you don't have a plan, etc. cetera. Whereas Jerome Tang, in his first year, you know, he won. Mm-hmm. And use the portal. Yeah, the same with Lamont and Paris at South Carolina. Now they've lo- at last check. I don't know what their record is right now, but at, w- at one point they were twelve and two in his second year. You know, and we were told that that this takes time and it's going to take. And I and I think it all comes back to and that was the vibe that he gave off. And I think that this is true still, gentlemen. That I really thought KP didn't read the room. And he thought that this was going to be like a five year <laughs> yeah. process. South is really fourteen did. and two Oops.
2: right now.
4: Fourteen and two. See.
2: They're two and one in the SEC and fourteen and two overall. Okay. They're currently in a tie ball game, if you care, with uh, Georgia right now, 18-18. Are,
4: are we not putting Chris Beard anywhere near the list? Are we not even talking about Chris Beard? He's <laughs> on he's on my list. I mean, he I, he's he would get as well. a
2: basketball coach, he's one thousand percent on my list. Yeah,
4: what he's done at Ole Miss is remarkable yes, so far.
2: As as a as a person uh, well, at this point what do you want I, you know i'd like to have my cake and eat it too i'd like to have a, a head coach that's not a d-bag um yeah. we've already done that route before well he won uh, a national championship so no we, not we, that one the one after one. him oh yeah that he kind of yeah. was too yeah he yeah he was we've already done the prickly paired uh prickly paired d-bag head coach um and that didn't quite work out so well in fact he quit um, so, but if you're telling me that I can have one that wins me games, the devil on my shoulder is like, your do it, do it, so- restore us to prominence. This, but then I'm also like, yeah.
4: He's a D-bag, but he's our D-bag. <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Texter says
1: Shaka over Tank. And, and Shaka's up on my list. I just don't feel like he was. Shaka's gotta do
2: something in the tournament.
1: That's true. I, I don't think Shaka's leaving Marquette. I don't either, man. That's the vibe I get. Yeah. Now, he was he would be up at the top for me. You talk about a perfect fit, style of play. Um certainly has Marquette rolling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the ncaa tournament success or lack thereof is certainly
2: i mean apart from the the run at vcu
1: he's made the tournament several times but hadn't done anything no but again but if you're if you can compare like his worst seasons to texas to what yeah. we're going through now oh absolutely right and absolutely then, and i think just getting back to the tournament is would be a good start a good foundation and then you could build upon that Anybody else we missed. I mean, again, Shaka would be up there for me. Um, I've always been really fond of his style of play. I'm with Zach. I, just, I don't feel like he's going to leave. I mean, I certainly think that, um, you know, if Louisville could make him an offer, he couldn't refuse, but I I just don't get that vibe.
2: What do you think is more likely? Louisville gets a big name or Louisville gets a guy and all of us go, Who?
1: Louisville's getting a big name. It's I think Louisville
4: they'll basketball. get they'll get a decent name. I think uh, it's po- both what, worlds are possible.
1: I man. I, I think Louisville, without now, with zero NCA nonsense mm-hmm. over them, the facilities, the infrastructure, the conference affiliation, the prestige, the cachet, the salary. Louisville's going to get it. Louisville's going to get a big name coach. I just don't against Scott Drew. He's built Baylor. Does he want does he does he want to go? Does he want to stay there and you no, know, build his legacy? I would respect that if he does. I, I mean, does he want to resurrect one of the one of the nation's elite basketball
2: programs? He made it known through back channels the last time around that he was interested in the job. Same thing with Musselman. Musselman made it known. Oh yeah. That yeah. he was interested in the job.
1: Mhm. And guys, I think I really do think, I think those two gentlemen are going to be on the list, like short list, Musselman and and Drew. And if you got if you got either of those guys, you got an exciting brand of basketball. If you got if you bring in a coach, that's one of just what? How many active head coaches have won a national championship? Seven or eight? Yeah. yeah. If you bring in one of those seven or eight coaches who won a national championship, you're it's a grand slam
4: hire. No question. Scott Drew would be probably the best potential hire, I think. I think that would be the one that gets the most national reaction.
2: The dude is 455 and 245, 17 and 9 in NCAA NCAA tournaments. tournaments. All
4: right. That'll work.
2: And he's coached at Valpo and Baylor.
4: And this is. a 650 winning percentage. Think of what his first couple years at Baylor were like 8 and 21, 9 and 19, 4 and 13, 15, yep. 16, because he had to rebuild that program yeah. essentially from ground zero. And, and then he doesn't have to do that here.
2: After, yes. after year one, I mean, after year four 21 and 11, 24 and 15, 28 and 8, 18 and 13, and then 30 and 8, 23 and 14, 26 and 12, 24 and 10, 22 and 12, 27 and 8. They have the 19 and 15 year, the 20 and 14, 26 and 4, and then COVID cancels it. And then let's just go ahead and win a national championship 28 and 2. And then follow that up with still 27 and 7, 23 and 10, and now this season they're 13 and 2.
1: That's read off some what are his
2: tournament results? Round of 64. In 2007, that was his first tournament appearance with Baylor. Then they were NIT the year after that, Elite 8, missed the tournament, Elite 8, NIT champ, Sweet 16, round of 64, round of 64, Sweet 16, NIT second round, round of 32, season canceled because of COVID, NCAA champion, round of 32, round of 32. Okay.
4: So that's consistently winning games in the tournament. That's getting to a couple of Elite 8s, getting to a couple of Sweet 16s, and then obviously the Coup de Grave winning a national championship. And the team that the season got canceled, they were 28-4, and four, and they could have easily won it that year. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
2: I mean, he's my – he's on my list.
4: I, he's number one on He's mine. my
2: number one. Like, I, I've won at Scott Drew the last time around. And then they just landed this one dude,
1: this five-star, that the team up the road and Duke were going after. The only other thing, too, I mean, Baylor's Nike.
4: Yeah. yeah. And
1: he's got the, he has got he does have those Nike ties. Now, Baylor was at Adidas school back in 2013. Right. But that would be, you know. And that, he's
2: been able to recruit. Yeah.
1: If you can recruit to Baylor yeah. with Nike, you can recruit to
2: Louisville. No <laughs> doubt. With Adidas. No yeah, question. Absolutely.
1: Interesting, interesting take there. Uh, so, Scott Drew's the name, Eric Musselman. Texture says Drew is, it, uh, is this person's number one. Yeah, man. I mean, I get it. Um, so, I mean, Chaka, Tang, Muss, Beard, Drew, uh, any of those five. Mm-hmm. I mean, off the top. I mean, but the one thing I will say like, when the job opens up, just, just be patient. You're going to hear some names, you know. Even last time with
2: with uh, with Pearl. What about? Here's one, and I think you and I have talked about this before. What about Sean Miller? I mean, we could do a lot worse. <sighs> I mean, there's baggage. There's baggage, but-, but
1: I don't count the FBI stuff as baggage. I mean, personally, I think as it was a sham. Does he have anything else besides that? no not really no or was he on like a wire t- i mean again that's for me that whole fbi we got your playbook nonsense is is just that nonsense yeah and yeah i mean i listen you could do a lot worse what do you have his bio like mm-hmm. give me give me the numbers what's okay his, what's his record ncaa tournament, et etc
2: all right well well let's we'll back it up even even further back, back, back. he was an nc state assistant coach so from 96 to 01 was the Xavier Assistant 0104, Xavier Head Coach 0409, Arizona Head Coach 0921, and now back at Air, or back at Xavier 2022. NCAA Tournament resume, or resume in general, first run at Xavier. He goes 17-12 and 12 his first season, and then after that, it was round of 64, round of 32, Elite 8, Sweet 16. Parlays that into the Arizona job. This is the tournament. His first season at Arizona, he's 16 and 15. The very next season, he's 30 and 8. Mm. They go to the Elite Eight. Next season, 23 and 12, they go to the NIT. 27 and 8, Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Elite Eight, Round of 64, Sweet 16, Round of 64. His last three seasons, though, at Arizona, 17 and 15, 21 and 11, 17 and 9, they don't make the NCAA tournament. For three years in a row. Yeah. Oof.
1: That's a that's a red flag yeah. for me.
2: 17 and 15, 21 and 11. And then he got fired during the 2020,
4: 2021 season, I think. Ooh, I had no idea. Wow, that that's surprising, man. Yeah, it yeah. flamed out pretty quick yeah. at Arizona. But he had a lot of success. He did. went to a bunch of elite eights. He's regarded as probably the best coach in the country that hasn't been to a Final Four.
2: He won 30 games at Arizona one, two, three, four times. Yeah. That's 30 okay. or more games four times at Arizona.
1: Hey, um, yeah. I mean, he would have to be maybe not a rung below a secondary backup. And often. last
2: year he went 27 and 10 at Xavier and they well, went to the Sweet
4: 16. They sure did.
2: Yeah. Now, I
4: feel like Sweet I wonder 16 this is cause his
2: like ceiling, I go like really like inside baseball on this kind of stuff. Like, is there a part of you that when you hear Sean Miller, like, does he have any? Are him and Chris, Mac, still boys? And is Mac like, dude, don't take that job. Yeah. Don't take that job. Because he was an assistant. Mac was an assistant for him his first go around at Xavier. Oh, I'm
1: sure. Yeah.
2: So he's like, dude, don't take that
1: job. But again, I think there's so many other better options that, again, if there was like a, you know,
2: yeah, you say that. But if I would have told blues. you if I would have told you that in 2016. You would have you would have said, "Yeah, we'll take him right now." Yep. Cuz yeah. he was 32 and 5 and they went to the Sweet 16. Yeah,
1: but but, I, but at the same time and again, that, there's other examples of that, but if you win 30 games like, you know, you need to be in the Final 4. Right. No, you're right. More more often than not. Not not every time. But yeah, I mean, I I certainly think if you're talking about backup options, certainly Sean Miller w- would be somebody to consider. Uh, Texture says Mac, please tell Sean not to take the job. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think. I, I just think I I am truly if if I was able to place a wager on one of like five names that would take that job, like the the five that I mentioned, I'm 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 confident Louisville will. We'll, Whoever they hire, it's going to be a big name. Now it's not going to be like a Rick Pitino.
2: Mm -hmm. There's nobody this cycle.
1: Anymore. There's not because they've all retired. Yeah. I mean, Cal's not going anywhere. Uh, You know, Self's not going anywhere. Who are the other big, like, Scott Drew's gettable. Mm -hmm. And he's won one of seven coaches that's won a national championship. I mean, Pitino's obviously not coming back. Jay Wright's retired. I mean, I'm telling you, if you you land a coach that's won a national championship, or you can land a coach that's been to Final Four, or Final Fours, plural. I mean, you're mm-hmm. doing
4: yourself. Does Scott Drew want to do the whole rebuilding thing again, though? Based on what he did, has done at Baylor, I mean, he wanted it, it would be a far easier than what he took over at Baylor. And but he's does still he want a to do young that guy?
2: Again? I mean, he's what fifty? He's like fifty three. Yeah, fifty two, fifty three. I,
1: I think it comes down to, you know. Does he want a new challenge? He's already won a title. Like, he can't do anything more at Baylor. Mm-hmm. It's not a traditional basketball power. Do you want to, you know, close out your career at one of the elite brands of college basketball <laughs> and resurrect that program?
2: I mean, hey, if Scott's not interested, Bryce is 16-1 and one right now at Grand Canyon. Yeah,
1: he's got it. <laughs> no, we we, we got to get somebody <laughs> oh he's he's coaching big sid yeah i wonder how he's doing yeah i wonder what Sydney big doing. big sid's doing these days uh so um before we get to shack you know we play unc tomorrow jalen withers yeah he has played in all 16 games, but he's just averaging four points and three rebounds. So he's not playing a whole lot of minutes. He's gonna have a game tomorrow. Oh yeah, he is. <laughs> he's gonna have a game. He's either gonna have a game or he's gonna be. He's gonna try to do way too much. Jalen's gonna be yamming on dudes tomorrow. No, he's not. He's gonna. He's gonna lay it up and miss it, <laughs> like he did here. He's gonna have. He's gonna have. He's gonna have opportunities, and he's just gonna like try to lay it up, and it's gonna roll off the rim. Or he's going to try to, to try to make a power move to the basket and dribble it off his foot, out of bounds. <laughs> or,
2: uh, or he'll go for twenty. And 10. The more things change, the more things yeah. stay the same. Or or he'll go to, for twenty. Or and 10. He will body BHH. I'll, I I want I look forward to. i would be plays that. extended so, minutes.
1: The over under gentleman one fifty five. I'm probably gonna take it. Hell, I'll Carolina take can take the over on <laughs>
2: because themselves. I mean, they just so scored the hundred three. Yeah.
4: yeah.
1: I mean, we're we don't play any defense and we can score. Yeah. I would take the over on that one. Yeah.
4: Yep. I'm I'm not touching the spread, but I'll take the over.
1: Yeah. That, that's a, that's a fair play. Hey, Shaq, how you doing?
4: Hey, how you guys doing
1: tonight? What's up? Kicking it.
6: Yeah. Um, so i will talk about the coaching, but uh, just aside with the Jalen Jalen Withers and I even extend that to the Haley Van List. Um, my daughter graduated last spring, so I was there and I saw them walk across the stage, both like, both, you know, Haley Van Lift and Jamie Willis. So the adult, uh, mature part of me is like, man, it's awesome. They, they graduated, they did what they're supposed to do. I hope they do great things in their life, but the petty U of fan of me is like, I hope they, you know, I hope they, <laughs> their everything they do, uh, goes down in flames. They're yep. Both, they're, both their teams are doing well, but I hope, like, they have a great, you know, great season and they get put out in the first round by, uh, you know, um, I don't know who, we, who, who we lose that, the singer we lost to last year at the beginning of the season. Leanne uh, Rhymes, yeah. yeah. That Leanne Rhymes, <laughs> the, 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 men and women team. Um, they, they strike again. Um, but, but, uh, so, so far as the coaches, um, you I mean you guys so pretty much hit on it. I, I was always, like, I was a shocker smart fan when we hired Mac cause I just, I liked his energy. Um, and, um, and, you know, and, and, you know, some of it's like, I mean, of course he's at Texas. And he had, he had recruits, but I, I would say not not too many people win big at Texas, other than um, the previous coaches at Tennessee. I mean, not mm-hmm. not too many people win big, even when they have. He had um, he had um, what KD and like what did he win? So yeah. maybe sun in the water. So I, I'm still in shockers. Fruelly's young, so I'm, I'm a, I, I've been 100. I was a shocker smart fan back when, but but when somebody said a couple couple months ago, you you forget about Scott Drew, you know what I mean? Um, so I was like, yeah, he's, he's to me, he's a slam dunk the closest thing to, to to unite the fan base because you can't argue with the credentials his uh, personality and one hand it fits and, and one hand it needs a little bit of a boosting up. and like he's, he's the kind of personality I like because when we hired Rick Pitino quite honestly um, it's crazy <laughs> I've been following I always tell Drew Diener I've, other than his family I've probably been following his career longer than anything because I lived in Lexington when he was on the radio uh-huh. and I heard I heard that Rick Pitino was hired from the Cross Diener show and they were talking about is this good for the rivalry and I was like you know it's okay. Um, I wanted Mark Few back then because I like that personality. Because Rick Pitino was kind of—I didn't start liking Rick Pitino until about five years before he got fired. Before he got fired here, that's how—that's how much I didn't like his personality. <laughs> but um, so Scott Drew, I mean, he's a winner. The only thing is, as long as he can adapt, he can embrace the ambassador part of the job. Uh, which either you or somebody on your staff. That's my whole thing. Is even if it's not your like, it's already right if it's like with Kenny. If it's okay, if it's not your strong point. Everything is not your strong point, but you've got to cover all the bases. Um, you've got to have somebody else, I build that up. So the thing about Scott Drew, my understanding, he is from, like, well, praise. So he's from Indiana, so he's kind of close by. That might be between higher pay and being somewhat closer to home. Sure. You know, that might be uh, – he can maybe speak to culture and, um, you know, maybe it'd be something. So I would say I think he'd be the closest thing to to, uni- to unite most of the people. And it seems like he's he's done this. it's be like proof of concept, but um, I doubt he. You know, if he's leaving, who knows? Unless it's a family thing, um, then we're going to get we're going to get about. No matter who it is, other than him, I think it's going to be about a at best like a sixty percent solution, and we're going to have to have a little bit of patience, but a lot of expectation. And that person's going to have to know what they're coming into. But that's all I have, guys.
1: Well said. Thanks, Shaq. Yeah, man. I think th- that's a great point. They're going to have to know fully what they're getting himself into. Because KP hasn't but to 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 go further, Mac didn't either. Yeah. He didn't ever grasp. Like you felt like he did, but then you kind of saw too like, yeah, that no, he's he's not like he he was more personable on social media than he was like in person. Mac
2: was better with dealing with the public mm-hmm. than he was dealing with the media.
1: Yeah. And like his standoffishness, like he didn't win enough for that.
2: No. Like, you. He, that was my big complaint about him. Like, you can't act like an ass and have not. You, you can't act like Rick Patino and not have the wins to back it up. And that's what Mac came in and tried to do. He came in and tried to carry the same attitude and demeanor that Rick had. And I'm like, dude, you haven't won anything. No. Like, you. You don't get to take exception with questions that people are asking you in press conferences when you haven't won anything. Yeah. Like, calm down. Relax, dude. And at
1: least to Kenny's credit, he has done that once.
2: No. You know,
1: and he's taken a lot of questions. But did a
2: little bit with Brooks last year at the ACC tournament. You feel
1: like I I don't understand the question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also,
2: Scott Drew makes 2.7 at Baylor. (laughs) Come on, bro. Like
1: bruh, like, bruh, bruh. KP's at 3.35.
2: Yeah. We can do that. You're probably going to have to go to four for oh, the next guy. He, I mean, you're probably going to go five.
1: I mean, if are we going to act like we're an elite program or not? You got to
2: pay you I gotta mean, pay your coach elite money? If you go to Scott Drew and you go, I got 4.5 million for with, with extenders, sure, f- yeah. five years. Oh, yeah.
1: That'll do it. You coming or not? Nah?
2: Yeah, he's here, I think.
1: Now then, then we have to get. Um, if, I don't know if the 502 circle is just strictly will be for football. Maybe they can, you know.
2: Well, if out. a coach wants to use them, that's true for yeah. basketball. I'm sure they would be open to it.
1: Well, Scott Drew would absolutely. I mean, you know, with, with coming over from Nike, and that's that's just been one of the more disappointing things with KP was just all of those connections. Now, grant with Nike. But like you had all those other connections outside of just the swoosh, mm-hmm. and it wasn't utilized. Look at you—you you
4: got a Nike hat
1: on, Under Armour socks, and Adidas shoes. Bet
2: you got them all. Th- you got Adidas three pants covered. on. too. He's got
4: all of his co- bases covered. Where's Reebok? That's the only one that, missing. No, that won't happen. Yeah, Reebok's gone. That won't happen. Remember when that was the thing?
2: Yeah.
1: Where's your British
4: Knights? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, you dated yourself on that one, brother.
4: LA British Gear. Knights.
2: <laughs> L.A. Gear.
4: What about Skechers? I mean,
1: cat for casual shoes. I'm, I'm not rocking them, but I mean, I know other people do. It's fine. Wearing Skechers not, right now. Say, I know. Mm-hmm. It's fine. There's
2: nothing wrong with that.
1: They're comfortable. Need a
2: good support. Rock some Vans every now and then. League. you would rock some Vans. I could see that. You would They're be a Van guy. Yeah. You'd see that? They're comfortable. They are comfortable. You wear, your, you wear white ones in the summer. Hmm. Yep. It's weird that I know that, but
4: what about New Balance? Yeah.
2: Hey, Jack Harlow rocks New Balance. I'm I'm rocking with New Balance.
4: Oh, I was gonna say I thought you were gonna go the other way and be like if Jack Harlow's wearing New Balance, it tells me I need to not wear new balance. You know, no, I'm Jack not Harlow. I'm not one round father.
2: So no, <laughs> I don't
4: I don't. You need to hate somebody as much as he hates Jack Harlow.
2: There is no Jack Harlow slander in our house. Now we will, a we Jack lose to a, house? will we lose to the only New
1: Balance Power Conference school again this year in basketball?
2: That at least once. Yeah, I'm with you. Because we play them twice. So and at least they're once.
1: and they've been sneaky good
2: get up and get somebody every once in a while yeah
1: i think what like 10 and 6 11 11 and 5 something like that
2: BC, college basketball power
1: oh yeah that'll do it for us in closing what do you think happens tomorrow i mean Uh, does louisville cover
2: uh, no.
4: no you don't think they cover the 23
2: not a chance
4: so do they lose by less than 40
2: I think
1: Louisville covers. I think Louisville covers. I think it's like, by, they lose by
2: 22 and the overheads. Like
4: a backdoor cover kind yeah. of deal.
2: I don't know. I think they lose. any. I'm, very, between,
4: com- I'm comp- very confident in the over. Think I lose am, by like don't 30. have a feel for the spread whatsoever. And that's a big number. That's yeah. That's a really big number. That's a, that's a spread that you have when you're like. Support. Yeah. Again. But then again, they lost North Carolina
2: the just scored 103 against Syracuse.
4: Like. That-
1: Yeah, and I think that that could be the reasoning for such a big spread against Louisville because you know
4: I think well North Carolina is also pretty good. I mean, Hubert Davis, say all you want about last year, yep, they were preseason number one and they didn't live up to it. They're pretty damn good this year. They're living up to it now. Sure
1: are. They are indeed. That'll do it for us tonight. If you miss any portion of the show, this bad boy will be podcasted here shortly, and uh, you can take us with you wherever you go on the ESPN Louisville app. And on Twitter, we will be tweeting out that podcast link. Thanks, as always, for making us a part of your evening as we talk all things UFL football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm Ethan Moore for Taylor Lynch and Zach Entrell. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, go Cards!
5: Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits
2: with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment?